Option A is to keep them on the phone and make the offer and get the commitment all on that first phone call. Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. Seven Figure Flipping is on a mission to help serious investors do more deals, make more money, work fewer hours, and get their lives back. Here's your host, Seven Figure Flipping CEO, Bill Allen. Hey everybody, welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen and we've been doing these like Thursday like interruptions to our main podcast series. So right now we're in the entrepreneurship podcast series right after Gino Wickman. And with everything that's going on with the marketplace, with the economy, with the buying houses right now and uh, real estate investing, we have decided to add a couple extra podcasts in about kind of current events. So we've done some, we did last week, we did one with my CPA. The week before that, we did one with a real estate attorney, uh, John Heyer, talking about the CARES Act. And now we're moving into some of the tactics and techniques that we're using inside Blackjack to figure out how to kind of adapt and shift with the times. So I did a webinar um, and a call for our members uh, a couple Thursdays ago about what we're seeing in our business from leads, conversions, stuff like that, any opportunities that are out there. I went through every department of our company and I would say the biggest kind of question that most people had was, uh, let's talk about buying over the phone a little bit. You guys, we've been buying over the phone for the past few months. We were in a, a solid position to not be able to go into houses right now. So I wanted to answer that question on the podcast today. We'll just do a short uh, question and answer with me and Chad. So I got Chad King on the podcast today with me. You guys have uh, met him at Flip Hacking Live last year. You have, if you're a seven-figure runway member, an altitude member, you've seen him on the coaching calls that we've done. And he's been the one who's been uh, my sales manager inside Blackjack and now the sales trainer inside the company and also helping out some of the altitude members as well through with their company with doing some sales training for us. So, uh, Chad, welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to have you and I'm excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, it's always fun when we get together, Bill. Some good, good gold nuggets always come out of it. That's it. So um, obviously you've been, we have a couple people that are inside the company closing over the phone. And the one question that I got the most that night, and you were on the call with us, but the one question that I got was, what's the difference between kind of closing over the phone and closing in person? So how would you answer that? Um, Well, the main overarching difference I I would just say is you certainly lose a little bit of the the body to body rapport building. It's a little bit easier to build rapport in person, and that's just you know the nature of the business. But the the biggest thing that people struggle with, I think, is really their own minds. Like a lot of people, like what what I hear when I talk to some of my clients is the struggle with them closing over the phone is not actually because the sellers won't sell it to them over the phone. It's because they have a mental block that they they can't buy something that they haven't been out to see, and. First of all, I would say to anybody listening, you got to get past that first. Get past your own mind first because these people will sell properties over the phone without meeting you within 30 minutes of a phone call, right? Because we're doing it right now. So um, the biggest the biggest difference is, is just getting past that mental block. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because I had that, one of the reasons why we didn't go this direction was because I was... I don't know. I've always been kind of stuck on the fact that I need to go into the house. We need to talk to the people. We need to sit down with them. And what I, what I noticed is when we're analyzing our markets and our deals and stuff, we're realizing that we're losing a lot of business and we're losing business because we're not fast enough. And I've always been teaching, you got to, even if you're a big company, like we have 15 people that work for us, pretty big payroll and staff and process and procedures and systems and automation, but you got to act like the little guy. 
And I've always been teaching that even when you get big, you got to still think like the little guy. And I remember when my phone would ring right before dinner, I'd get the call, I'd get in my car, say, honey, I got to go. This is a motivated lead. I get in my car, I drive out to the house and I'd go make an offer. And now they call up the company, either we answer or the phone service answers, we call them back. Um, we check our rep's appointment calendar. We set up a, a calendar. Uh, we schedule it. Maybe it's a day or two days later. We go out. And a lot of times what we're doing is we're getting canceled appointments and that house gets sold right out from under us because we're not fast enough. So we need to keep up with the times. We need to shift. We need to adapt. We need to adjust. And part of that is just saying, okay, it's not that we can't close over the phone, but how can we, right? That old adage of, I can't, that, don't say I can't say, how can I? So mm -hmm. We, we started saying, okay, let's try it. Let's figure it out. Let's make some offers. So I, I think what I've learned is it seems like when you're in a house, you're building rapport pretty early on in that conversation. There's that body language. You can see, uh, they can see how you look, what you're wearing, all these things. And that's what are your drive? Would you drive up to the house? How did you knock on the door? How did you stand? What, what do you have in your hands? All of those things goes out the window when you're on the phone, right? Right. And you have to build that rapport really quickly on the phone and you have to get them to like you early on in the conversation as opposed to spend an hour in their house talking and looking at pictures and starting to figure out who they are just by, you know, how much crap is laying around in the, in the bedroom and how tidy do they keep the house and what do the pictures look like, the decor, all those things. You lose a lot of that. So how do you build that rapport on the phone early? Yeah. That's a great question. Number one, first off, is you got to smile, right? Because smile can be heard through a phone. So definitely you have to have a great attitude coming in. I think asking uh, great questions is going to be the key to building rapport. Like, believe it or not, if they're when they're doing most of the talking, that's when the rapport is being built. So I think setting a great frame when you first get on the when you first get on the call with them, setting a great frame about how this call is going to go ultimately like that opens up a lot of rapport. So when somebody calls in or you're calling somebody and the intention is to make an offer over the phone, right? Let them know that that's the intention and also let them know how the call is going to go. Set the expectation for, Hey, listen, when people call in, um, they usually have a couple of expectations and, and ultimately they want an offer over the phone. Um, did you have any other questions besides that, that I could get answered or are you looking for the offer? Ah, I just want an offer for my property. Okay. That's great. I understand. Um, do you have about 15 or 20 minutes set aside to, to have this phone call? Yeah, I do. Make sure that they have the time for the phone call. If some people are calling in and they might have, you know, five minutes to talk and you are assuming that they have 30 and you're going down this rabbit hole, when that clock hits five minutes, man, they're just going to be getting antsy and they're going to try and get you off the phone. So get that time allotted and get it set with them and set that agenda. Hey, listen, I, I would really like to get to know you a little bit better and understand your particular situation because every solution that we present is specifically tailored uh, to your property and your situation, right? Um, and after I get to know you a little bit better, I can run some numbers while I got you on the phone and, and craft an offer. If the offer looks good for you, I can send you a digital contract. We can go through it today. If for any reason the offer doesn't look good, no harm, no foul. Um, you know, we don't, we don't buy every property we look at. Right. So it's, it's the same as the, as that frame that you set on the in-person side, except you're just doing it over the phone. And then, you know, you get that expectation and their buy-in. Okay. This is how the next 15 or 20 minutes are going to go. And then it's just about asking those, those questions, those rapport building questions. Hey, how long have you been there? What, you know, what, what's making you think about selling, right? Man has, and then asking the Socratic questions and doing the mirroring, the same exact tactics, strategies, and techniques that we use in person, you can use over the phone and it will build rapport. Um, and 
you know, so it's really not that different, right? The only thing you're missing is just the ability to read body language. But when it comes to building rapport, you're going to do it the same way by asking great questions, genuinely caring about your prospect and the seller and their situation and how you can help them, right? You have to have a servant mentality and that will come through over the phone. If you genuinely care and you're actively listening, they'll be able to feel that over the phone. And that's the biggest, I think the biggest way to build rapport is to genuinely care. And you're not just listening to get a number out of them, but you're actually listening to understand their problem. And uh, yeah, I think those are a few of the, the ways that you can get that rapport built early, uh, get them talking for sure. Okay, so you got them on the phone, you set that frame, you set it up with them, they have the expectation of time you're gonna be talking. And then from there is, are you jumping right into it? A lot of the questions that we get are, well, I mean, I don't really know how to make an offer when I haven't looked through the house. I don't know what the repairs are. Like, how do you get to that conversation? And, and when is it in the whole setup that you're, as you're talking to them? Yeah. So you certainly want to uncover um, some, some motivation in the beginning and try and figure out why they're selling it. And you can also ask um, that, that, that comes after you ask them about basic property information. Hey, you know, what sort of repairs does the property need? If you had to estimate the repairs, you know, what would you, what would you estimate the property needs, right? And a lot of times you're going to have to take them at their word for that number of the repair estimate or what the property actually needs. Um, you know, and they may say, oh, it only needs about 5,000. And you can say, okay, well, can I ask what makes up that 5,000 that you're budgeting for? Well, it needs a roof, an HVAC, flooring. It needs a new kitchen and bathroom. Okay, so you know it's probably not 5,000. You can have them walk you through that repair number. And then you can put your own prices on it and come up with a more realistic expectation of the repair number. Or you can take their number at face value, but then be ready to set the expectation that, hey, this, this offer is going to be contingent upon the repairs being what you told me, right? And that's a reason to go back to the seller later on if, if you have to get the deal lower, if you do find out that the repairs are much higher than what they told you. Um, so there's a little bit of taking the seller's word for what's needed. Also, you can get the seller to send you pictures. So we've had sellers that have said, we've, we've asked sellers, hey, would you mind snapping some pictures of all the rooms and, and sending them to us? And they're happy to do that. If they're serious about selling, they're happy to send you photos and then you can make your estimates that way. Um, and we've also, I don't know, we, we have a, a partnership where we can go have photos taken of the property. If you can get somebody out to take photos of the property, you know, do that as well. Um, but definitely ask, the, ask them what kind of repairs does this property need? And then yeah, I think it's yeah. very similar to when, you know, if, if you're talking to them ahead of time, almost like this pre-interview, right? Mm -hmm. So like the, our lead intake reps do a lot of this on our in-person when we were in-person before is they would find out what price they want, what their motivation was, what a lot of these things are. So um, are we making an offer on that first appointment, like that first phone call typically, or are we waiting until are we running all the numbers and then going back to make an offer after that? Yeah, so the option A is to keep them on the phone and make the offer and get the commitment all on that first phone call, right? In the beginning, it's gonna be tough because it's, if you're not trained to make offers over the phone, it's very difficult to both actively listen and be able to simultaneously run comps. So for someone who's just starting over the phone, I would recommend focusing on the conversation, right? Because if you're not actually listening to them and you're over on the other screen running comps, you're just, all you're doing is shoot yourself in the foot. So until you get really good at actively listening and being able to run comps, 
um, focus on the conversation, you can always call the prospect back, right? That's option B. Option B is, um, you know, either put them on hold and you can ask them, hey, would you mind? It sounds like this is a house we'd definitely be interested in. I, I do think we can help you, Mr. Seller. Um, listen, I, I have to pull up my other screen and run some, some comparables and look at some numbers. Would you mind holding for about 10 minutes? Could you hold for me and I can hop back on and, and we can talk figures? That's option B, right? Option A would be able to do it on the phone. Option B, ask them to hold, right? When you let somebody off the phone, your closing percentage does get whacked because now you have to get them back on the phone and now you can play phone tag and all this kind of stuff. And then option C is to schedule a follow-up call. Do not just say, hey, I'll call you back um, or hey, I'll give you a shout when I get some numbers, like schedule it. Hey, could I give you a call at 3.30 today and that'll give me time to run some numbers and get back to you. So um, for the people who are just getting started over the phone, option C is probably gonna be what they're doing a lot of where you know they're getting all of the property information they're going running comps, coming up with their MAO, then calling the seller back. But what you do is you lose a little bit of that rapport that you built. If you call them back that afternoon, right, all that rapport you spent, you know, the 30 minutes on the phone in the morning, you kind of have to restart that, which is why I like the idea of either A, doing it while you have them on the phone, or B, uh, asking them to hold while you run some comps. Uh, but yes, we are doing, it, doing our best to make an offer uh, as quickly as we possibly can when they call in over yeah, the phone. I mean, you mentioned uh, what I pulled out of that was multitasking, right? I, I have trouble. I think most of us entrepreneurs, you're probably doing this yourself. You're making these offers over the phone. Uh, I have trouble listening and doing anything else. I'm, you can probably see me. I'm here writing down some notes as Chad's talking. And while that's happening, I'm trying to listen and write notes and remember what I'm uh, thinking about going to next. It's a yeah. challenge. If you're talking, I mean, the seller's going to know that. You can tell when so you're talking to somebody and they are completely, they're doing something else. Like mm -hmm. it's just, it's obvious and it's distracting to the person who's talking. So um, I, I totally agree with that. I think if you're, if you're not comfortable with that, make sure that you're paying attention to that seller because yeah. uh, they'll know and they appreciate you could miss it. You could miss a critical piece of information because you're running comps and they could drop something that like you definitely need to dig more into, but you completely miss it. Miss it. So hit you with a black swan and you don't even know it. Right. Yeah. So, right. That'd be the worst. Yeah. So, so um, okay. So we're, we're running comps or making uh, those offers. So is it the same kind of thing? Like you're trying to get the number out of the seller, uh, as many times as you can to get, get their number first, or have, are we, have we gone to just like firing out offers and have some calculation to do it? Uh, I would say, no, it's the same process, right? Get a number from them. Hey, have you guys done some homework? What, what do you need out of the property? Right? Not what do they want? What do they need out of the property? Um, Certainly, it's the exact same process, right? You, you want to be getting a, a number from them. And then you also want to be getting all those advanced commitments we talk about, right? Are they even, are they even ready to, to make a decision today? Um, none of that changes. And then as far as, uh, yeah, running the numbers, you still want a price anchor too. Hey, you know, from what I'm seeing over here, I, I see some investors are buying them for about 45000 in that neighborhood. Is that anywhere near what, what you were thinking? No, I wasn't thinking that. Okay, well, that's just what I'm seeing, but there's an anchor. So it's the same, the same tactics you use in person, you're going to use over the phone. So I'm, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep hitting you with questions. Like I'm, cause I'm genuinely interested now in a couple things. And, and if I was going to go out and do this myself, I'm not somebody now that talks on the phone for the company. So, okay. I'm talking to them. Is it easier on the phone than it is in person to actually say these things like price anchor and stuff where it's somewhat uncomfortable in person sometimes where you're yeah. giving them a really low number. So like, is there an advantage there? 
Absolutely. So that's one of the pros is, you know, when you're in person, you have this feeling of not wanting to disappoint the person that you're sitting across from if you're, you know, or you've built that rapport and you don't want to, you don't want them to not like you. Um, as we mentioned, it's a con because you lose a little bit of that body to body rapport, but it's also a pro because now you're, you know, you're a little, you can be a little bit more aggressive. I feel like with your, with your initial offer and your price anchors, um, just because there's a little bit less of that human, um, I don't know, coddling, I guess, I guess is a word for it that you kind of do when you're in person with us, with a highly emotional seller. Um, and then I think the logical sellers, the ones that are more, um, you know, not, not a ton of motivation, you can be a lot more direct with them. Right. And that's certainly one of the pros of buying over the phone is you can be more direct with people and you can get more offers out and you can, you can make a lot more offers than if you're strictly over the phone and you're sitting on a couch with a seller and spending two hours, you know, with them. I think phone is a lot more tight windows and you can make more offers too. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I, I wrote that exact thing down. It's the time commitment goes way down. So that mm -hmm. not just the time commitment for you as the sales rep, like driving out there, prepping, talking to them, then driving somewhere else, but actually for them too, because anytime you have an appointment at your house, you're blocking off like the 15 minutes before to get things ready, the time after, like you can't go somewhere or you have to be home. It's almost like an extra hour tacked on to half hour before half hour after a meeting, just in case it goes over, they don't know what to expect, things like that. So the, it, I think it's less aggressive on both ends. Like for them, it's, it's way less uh, invasive for them. So it's a lot easier. So I think that kind of commitment level goes down or the, um, like the time commitment level goes way down for them. So, okay. So we're in that period. I mean, I think we've, we've spent a ton of time like training and, and giving content at Flip Hacking Live and in previous interviews that I've done with you on kind of the how to do a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So is the timeline of the phone conversation a lot less? Like, are you on the phone and off the phone a lot faster? What's a typical like phone conversation like here? Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're typically a little bit shorter than appointments. I will say, you know, you got to get good at qualifying your phone appointments quickly because your, your time on the phone is gold, especially now that you're only over the phone. So, you know, what we teach our reps is, you know, you should be qualifying them out pretty fast. And that's why we talk, that's why you mentioned, Bill, how fat, how important it is to build rapport quickly is because almost everything is pretty much squeezed, right? A typical hour appointment needs to be done in 30 minutes, right? And a typical two-hour appointment needs to be done in an hour. So everything is really kind of squeezed in. And building rapport quickly is important. And I think getting to, getting to honestly, getting to the nitty-gritty in the negotiation, I think a lot of newer investors, they tend to kind of kick that can down the road as long as, as, long as possible. But I think with, with over the phone, you need to be more aggressive getting into the numbers conversation. And don't hesitate to kind of get in and dive into it a little early, at least breach that conversation so you can start to understand if you have, you know, somebody who's even in the same ballpark. Because at, at that point, you know, if you're going to be very frustrated if you're spending 45 minutes talking to people who are, you know, retail sellers, right? Those, those should be, you know, 10 minute conversations. It, after you figure out that the motivation is that they just want to downsize and they own it free and clear and there's absolutely no pain and they're thinking about listing it just throw out a range and see if you're even in it. And then if you're in the range and they think they might consider it now circle back and, and pick back up with the rapport now that you know that you have a qualified seller in. So I would say get to that, get to the negotiation a lot sooner and those calls should be a lot quicker. 
Okay. So is there a transition statement or a transition point that you make when you're having that conversation about what the house is like, what kind of repairs they want to the offer? Like when you're actually making offers, do you know, is there some talk track that you use to transition? Uh, yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a couple of good things. I think um, for, for the people that are in the coaching company and I'm just pulling up these scripts cause I want to make sure that I, I, I quote it correctly, but um, you know, for the people who are in the coaching company, you guys have, uh, you know, are, are, are over the phone buying scripts and you know, you certainly want for me, the transition, the way that I transition is getting commitments that they're ready to transition, right? Hey, you know, there's a, have you ever had an experience with an eye buyer before? No, I haven't. Well, you know, typically a lot of people have questions about how do we purchase this property, you know, without actually seeing it and how does that process go? Um, you know, do you have those same kind of questions? Do you want to go through what concerns you might have and get, get them on the same page with being comfortable selling the property over the phone. And then once you get that buy-in that they're comfortable, then just go, then you can go right into the numbers because you've already discussed that they're comfortable selling it to you without you walking through. So I think over the phone, to answer your question, Bill, over the phone, it's important to transition by getting the acknowledgement that they're ready to transition. And I do that by, by really asking them, you know, are you guys, are you ready to make that decision and then transfer in just like pretty much like the transition into the negotiation in person, just yeah, a little I, bit. I, I like that. I think if, if you get permission from them to, to do business, that's it. It's like, you've got to figure out a way to get permission to them to take that next step. So like, are, are they ready to make a, it? There's lots of different ways and talk tracks. And usually it's a question, like, like you said, like, Hey, do you, do you have any questions before we move on to, or are you ready? Is this, you know, something that you want to continue with now that I told you all the things that we could do and the ways that we operate and the ways that we buy, is that something that makes sense for you today? Mm -hmm. uh, and then yes. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally get it. Or oh, I have a couple more questions or I'm not sure. I don't really feel comfortable um, yet. You know, you want to, get their commitment is, is with anything. Like you're selling anything to anybody. I always want to get that commitment that like, yes, it's okay to go sell me, like sell me something or right. buy something from me, get their commitment, get them to say yes, get them to nod their head, get them to, um, to start uh, approving of what's going to happen next. Um, one thing that came, that I wrote down here is how do you handle the decision makers? So if you have multiple decision makers, but you only have one of them on the phone, is that something that you're checking on the phone too? Absolutely. Yeah. The decision makers are a critical part of whether or not you're even going to be able to make the, to get the deal done. So the same way we ask for them in person, we're asking for them over the phone. Hey, if you did decide to sell it today um, to me or anybody else, I mean, is there anybody else that you'd have to consult with before you did get it sold? Right. Before you did make the decision and figure out who that is. Yeah. My wife would have to be on board. My wife would have to get on board. Okay. Um, would it be, would it be okay if we got her on the phone? Should we get her, should we get her on, on board right now and get her on the phone? If, if she can't, you know, Hey, what do you think she would say about all this? Figure out if she's even on board with the sale first. And then, you know, he might say, yeah, whatever I say goes, or, you know, who, who knows what the answer is going to be, but you want to figure out who the decision makers are and then get them in on the conversation. If you can, um, you know, everybody can put the phone on speaker and, and get everybody involved. Um, the last thing you want to do is take, take, go through the entire process and get a think it over because you didn't ask if the wife is a decision maker. So same thing as in person, you need to get them all on the phone. Okay. Bridge, so bridge them in. 
So we got him on the phone. We've transitioned to the close. We are negotiating the same way we would have before. And then we get an agreement. So we got a verbal agreement over the phone, right? Now, what's the next step? Like tactically, how are we getting them to sign the contract? What's the next step? Yeah. So that, that's the, um, th that part takes a little bit of the finesse, right? You want to make sure that we, so what we do is we send them the contract via DocuSign while we have them on the phone and get them to confirm that they've received it. And then we go through it with them on the phone and we try and get them to sign it all right on the phone there. I would say, you know, 40% of our over the phone contracts are done entirely on that initial call. They receive the contract, go through it and sign it. And then what we say is, Hey, listen, it sounds like we're in agreement on what we can, what we can pay for the house. We have a, a, a very simple one page contract that we send to people and go over it with them. It's, it's beneficial just to go over it with me on the phone. That way, if you have any questions, um, you know, I can answer them. Are you in front of your computer? Ask them if they're in front, send them the con. Hey, if you're in front of your computer, what's your email address? I can send you this agreement right now. We can go through it. If all looks good, we can get it signed and, and get the ball rolling. So, okay. So that's 40%. Where, what's the rest? Uh, the rest, uh, I mean, a lot of people are like, they're not in front of their computers. Um, and they're not, you know, some of them, some of these older people, they don't have email addresses. Those are tough. Um, you know, we have gotten contracts signed via snail mail. We have gotten contracts where we've just had to go out and get the contract signed. And we've also sent contracts. I don't recommend doing that. It's like, if you're going to send a contract, do it with a scheduled time to then go over it with them. The last thing you want to do is just start sending out contracts with numbers on them and you got zero commitment that they're even going to look at it or sign it. So, so if whatever, you do that, if you do that, are you timing it out? Like, are you voiding it after a certain period of time? Like they have this much time 20, to sign it? 24 hours is our, our, our void period. And you're letting them know that, right? Hey, we're buying a lot of houses. We're looking at a lot of properties. Um, when we put these offers out, um, they, they do have a 24 hour expiration date on them. So I'd love to get in the calendar with you when you have time to sit at your computer, we can go through it together. I option a is obviously go through it with them. That way, if they have any questions, you can answer them right on the spot. Um, but some, some people are, you're just going to have to send a DocuSign and they are going to have to sign it on their own. It's just, that's just the nature of the business, not the okay. preference, but it happens. Yeah. So DocuSign is just our electronic signature system that we use. There's lots mm -hmm. of other ones. There's like hello sign and, um, I don't know, dot loop. A lot of realtors use dot loop. There's tons of different services. So uh, right signature is another one. So you can use a ton of those kind of things. And we, we just happen to use DocuSign. So I get to see those contracts come through. Uh, so 40% on the initial call, you, you're talking to them right there. The rest of them probably either they want to look it over and want some more time and take a look at it. And then you get on a, a call with them or they're not in front of a computer, don't have email, that kind of stuff. So it's all just being creative about how we get them to take that next step and that commitment. Um, okay. So then they sign the contract and then what we do is we'll use a, uh, a company. So I know a lot of people are like, how are you even like working that out? You haven't seen the house. You don't know the repairs. You don't have any pictures, anything. Again, we're operating off the fact that the, the seller is honest about the repairs that the house needs. So then we'll send out somebody to go take pictures of the house and send it back to us and get a, give us a report. Or mm -hmm. uh, we may send it out and have our, um, the buyer for the contract go look at it and give us some feedback on the house too. So just as good, if not better, to get feedback from the buyers. And um, just recently, I'll give you an example. We had one where it needed about, the house needed about 
the, the, the owner hadn't been there in years and the tenants were telling him how it was. He hasn't seen the house. We didn't see the house. So we contracted the deal. And then when our people went to take pictures, we got the pictures back and it needed like $30,000 more work than he thought that it needed. And he agreed with us. He wasn't like upset. He didn't know the house was in that state either. So he was being honest on the phone. We had an agreement and then he couldn't come down that low. He was going to lose money. So we canceled the contract and mm -hmm. that was set up from the beginning. It's not, it's not the end of the world. He, he was just as surprised as we were to see the photos come back the way that they did. So a lot of times you got to think about the situation, what it is there. He wasn't trying to pull a fast one on us. Same thing for us. And it was totally mutual to, to part ways at that point. And you're going to get those. Yeah, that's a phenomenal point. I would say, especially with buying properties over the phone and contracting properties over the phone, what you have to make sure is that your and that yours and the seller's expectations are lined up right? Especially when buying over the phone, when, when you sign that contract and they, or when they DocuSign or whatever that con electronically sign that contract, it is critically important that the next steps are exactly match what is going to happen, right? The last thing you want is for them to electronically sign and they think, all right, this is a done deal. And you're sending out buyer after buyer and they're wondering what's going on. So just like in person, make sure that you're I would recommend getting extended due diligence dates. I would recommend instead of, you know, I don't know if, if we, if you're typically doing a 10 or 14 day due diligence, you probably want to do a 21 to 30. You want to buy a little bit more time because, um, just with, with everything that's going on now and, and you just want to have a little bit of cushion. So we're, we're trying to do everything we can to get like 60 day closes and 30 day due diligence dates. When typically before we were doing 30 and 45 closes with 14 and 21 due diligence. And then also the expectations need to match, right? Okay. If you're going to have somebody out to go take pictures and give you a report back, and then you're going to call the seller and tell them what the repair numbers are estimated and retrade them on price potentially have that conversation up front and don't, don't hide behind that because they're going to, they're going to, um, that conversation of potentially about a new price is going to go over a lot smoother when you've set them up for, Hey, listen, you know, I'm going to have somebody go out to the property. They're going to send me back some pictures and I'm going to get a report back. And then I'd like to have a conversation with you and make sure that the repairs line up about what we talked about when we put this under contract. And then after that, I'm going to have my investing team go out there and verify, you know, there's nothing that we missed and this is definitely going to be a, a good deal for us. Right. So just make sure those are lined up with the seller. Yeah. I mean, I think that it, it's even more important over the phone, but it's, it's very similar to what you do in person, right? Mm -hmm. um, setting the expectations is so, so, so important. Like it, you can't just, if you're not sure about the property, don't slam the door shut and say, everything's done deal, pack up your stuff and get, get moving. I mean, yep. really setting those appropriate expectations are the key. And I think more than ever on the phone, when you've never seen the property, the last thing you want to do is say, oh yeah, that's a, that's a done deal. We got it. No problem. Start packing your things. And then, you know, you're running around trying to figure out what to do. You have never seen the house. So, um, I, I remember when I used to go look at houses myself, it was very easy to say, I'll take it, you know, no mm -hmm. problem. But we have some other uh, systems and processes and hoops that have to be jumped through when you're not the one, you're the one with the money, but you're not the one going to look and buying the houses. So be really uh, smart about that for the expectations. And like, like I said, in that example that I shared, the expectations were set in the beginning and we, it's, it was very easy to go our separate ways. No harm, no foul. Um, we're not having negative reviews on our Facebook page or uh, Google or anything like that. The guy, he totally agreed. He's like, man, I'm gonna have to fix all this stuff, you know?
He knew yep. uh, it's, it wasn't what he thought either. So we were both surprised. Um, okay. I, I think this is really good stuff. So we covered kind of like the, the mindset behind closing over the phone, framing the conversation, um, giving the repair numbers and, um, and making it contingent on that. Multitasking, needing to listen and, and uh, running comps while you're listening and talking. So get practice, uh, maybe call them back, setting that up, setting the appropriate expectations, the time commitment changing. Uh, we kind of walk through the process a little bit over the phone and then uh, how to handle the different decision makers and how to go through the contract over the phone. And then from there, it's pretty much a standard transaction that's in your pipeline. And a great way to do it right now is you're, we're kind of, we have to be innovative. We have to shift. We have to change with the times. Right now, people just don't want us in their house. Now, if it's a uh, non-owner occupied property and it's vacant, you may have already been having these conversations over the phone. It's no different. We're just doing it at volume now, doing it at scale. How many people can we talk to per day to make offers? If I can make 20 times the offers, we should, and, and maybe, you know, I bet our conversion rate goes down a little bit. Like if I was in person, I would love to see like a one in three type conversion rate for my salespeople over the phone. I know their conversion rate's going to go down a bit, but if I can make five times the number of offers, the number of contracts that we get are going to go up. The number of deals we're going to get is going to go up. And they probably like it. Like sales reps are saving time. They don't have to drive in their car. They don't have to put gas in it. They don't have to spend hours and hours and hours with their broken up day. They have an appointment at 10 a.m. and they have an appointment at 2 p.m. and they're on two different sides of town. None of them are close to their house. How long can you do that for? So, mm -hmm. and they don't have to, one of my sales reps says, I absolutely love this because I don't have to go into the flea infested nasty homes anymore to go look at them. I can just buy them over the phone. This is great. How many phone calls can I make and how much money can I make? So think about it that way. Like put yourself in your people's shoes, put yourself in the seller's shoes. They probably like it too because they don't have a bunch of people coming through their house nonstop mm -hmm. and uh, they don't know who's going to show up. They feel uncomfortable. They're a little bit nervous about, you know, who you are and what you're going to do and those kind of things. So this is definitely a non-intrusive way to make some offers, buy houses, and, um, and obviously change with the time. So I think there's some interesting things that this may go um, even past this, you know, past this time where people aren't going to want to leave their house. And it's definitely a skill that, that needs to be exercised here and, and try out. So it's probably just like having that first conversation with a seller in their house. Having that first one over the phone might be a little bit different. You're not sure, but it's something that needs to be developed, right? Yep. Yep. And definitely, you know, one, one thing I was just thinking of as you were talking about going to the property is you want to, you obviously do want to minimize the amount of time that we're sending people out if, if it is owner occupied. So I would say if you are, if you're going out to take photos after you contract it or you're somebody, you're having a buyer go out, ask them to do a video walkthrough or get a video taken of the, of the property. It's going to increase your chances of being able to s sell that site unseen. So right now we're working with our partner to make sure that we get video walkthroughs on all of our properties. And, uh, you know, I think that'll help with the buyer side, being able to pull the trigger on these deals. Um, where, whereas typically before, if you just send out photos, a lot of times they don't know the layout of the property or they'll, they'll want to see it, but if they can actually walk through via video, um, you know, you could probably sell your deals, uh, a lot, a lot more of them sight unseen too, especially yeah, right now. I remember like four or five, four, that was like five years ago when I joined seven figure flipping, Andy was selling all of his properties in Salt Lake sight unseen just via yeah. video. I was like, what you're no way that would ever work in my market. Well, it, it's the whole mindset thing. Like he, it, that, that's the setup that they did. That's the system. That's the process. You want to buy from us? You, you put in an, so they'd put in an offer after watching the video and then they'd go out and look at it in person. So he didn't want a bunch of people going looking. So they would put in an, a, a 
offer contingency contingent on them going to see it. And a lot of people never went to see it. They just put in their offer and it was mm-hmm. done deal just from the video. So really good stuff. I tried to do it for a long time and uh, you just have to make some adjustments and change your mindset. A lot of time you're the one that's holding your business back from being creative and, and, and adapting and overcoming all these things that are happening. So um, awesome stuff, Chad, anything that, anything else that we left off or you feel good? No, I feel good. All right. I'll serve, I'll, I'll, I'll end it with the same thing I started it with. It's just a mindset thing. These people are willing to sell over the phone. You're providing them a service that they need right now. Um, and today, especially right now in, in the current market conditions, this is a huge value add that we're able, you're able to buy properties over the phone. So make sure you look at it that way. It's not a disadvantage right now. It is an advantage to be able to do this. Um, and people will sell properties over the phone. We're buying a lot of them. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, hopefully this gave you guys answered your questions. If you have more questions, you can jump into our Facebook group. So we have a Facebook group called uh, Seven Figure House Flipping and Wholesaling Facebook group, and we'll include it in the email and the link in the show notes and stuff of how you can get there. It's a free group. Anybody can join. Chad's in there. He answers a lot of questions on sales. So if you guys have some that we didn't cover or some other things that are going on in your business right now during this like coronavirus time and, and time, uh, of uncertainty and things that are going on that you want us to do one of these pop-up podcasts on, um, tell me and I'll do it. So post in there, give us some feedback. Uh, before we go, I want to share uh, just from there actually. And Andrew, I know that you're probably going to listen to this podcast because I know that you're one of our like uh, main listeners. You've said you've been binging on the podcast lately. So I'm going to read a post that you put in there because it was about this and I want to brag on chat a little bit. So it says uh, his posts, and I'm not going to give his last name. If you guys want to see it, you can jump into that free Facebook group. But he said, uh, this is all thanks to seven figure flipping and Bill Allen's wholesale course. Uh, By no means am I saying buy the course and you'll score a deal. Uh, Other variations need uh, need to be considered into the equation as well in order to close a deal. But Bill's course gave me the confidence to go out and secure the deal. Uh, but you have to put in the work like anything else. What you put in is what you get out. Thanks, Bill. And then he says, just at the point with the seller, and he gave the whole quote of exactly what Chad talked about in some of the training that, that he did. He did some training videos in this uh, vault video series that we rolled out. And he said, uh, sound familiar, Chad King? Thank you, brother. Built rapport with the owners for at least an hour before we talked numbers. Going into this appointment, I already knew the guard would be up. Um, to, to negate this, I tossed the notion of making a quick buck on this deal. Instead, I focused solely on building a connection as if we are good friends. Discovered that Fran was into photography and birds. Just so happened I love videography, photography. Boom, we connected. Uh, I never, ever brought up numbers or, try, or tried to, tried and make, made it evident that her house wasn't the nicest house. Just let Fran continue on to tell me all the amazing things about the house, even all the pine needles in front of her yard. Um, hey, Fran, I won't be able to go to the Turkey Creek and check out the birds if the, if uh, birds there if I keep standing. Mind if we have a sit? So he skipped the pre-offer advancement and he went, uh, he thought it would uh, feel too scripted and then went and went on with the rest of his script and got that deal. This was, got, he said, to keep it short, I left with two contracts and a wild conversation about pineapples. Now get to, to get the contractor out for a bidding war. So it's so interesting that like Andrew had all the skills and, and things like that. And what he needed was he needed a couple of different ideas and talk tracks and confidence that going out there and doing what he was already doing with a small tweak was going to change something. And he, we launched the seven figure vault, this video series that I put together for the seven figure runway members at flip hacking live last year with everything that's going on. I feel like now is the time for us to kind of sharpen our ax to jump in and really like focus on our skill sets and really get good at the basics 
and back to all of that. So if you're just getting started, I think this is a great time to dive into real estate because if there is a shift and some changes and the market starts going down, what better time to get in than now? I look at the stock market and the best time to invest in the stock market if you're young is when there's a downturn in the market. And it hurts the people who have been doing it for a long time and are about to retire. The best time is when you're kind of young and newer. So I think the same thing. The newer businesses are in a really good position. If you want to transition or jump to something from your current full-time job into real estate, I think now's the time to like learn, study, train. So we launched the seven-figure vault. And part of that was there's a sales series, there's marketing series, there's a wholesaling side, and there's a flipping side. And we've got a special deal on it all until, I don't know, we're doing it for like another week at a discounted price. So Chad is obviously the star of quite a few videos in there. And Andrew pulled a lot of that information and just one video, just that one sales video changed the way that he approached this appointment and got two contracts out of it. It's amazing. And believe me, um, everybody's results are different and, and Andrew's results are not typical, but this guy is just dove right in, got after it and said, you know, I'm going to make this work. And it's just amazing to see that. And I knew I mean, I've seen his posts inside of our free Facebook group and all these things. I know that he was going to do that um, from day one. The guy's a hard worker. He's determined. And uh, I can't wait to meet him in October of Flip Hacking Live. So first of all, Chad, I think that's amazing testimonial in there. The day after the guy bought the, um, the course, obviously he uh, teed off on one of your videos. You can just jump in there and pick whatever video you need right now, which is what I really love as we set this thing up. So thank you for all the time that you spent with me. And I interviewed you on quite a few. We did sales. We did dispositions. Um, we even talked about lead intake a little bit. All, you were on a lot of those videos. So I appreciate it, man. Of course. Absolutely. And the one thing I'll say Andrew did, I read his post. We talked about setting expectations. Like the one thing he did that said he turned, that turned the entire course of the appointment was he told the seller when he showed up, that he was going to ask for the contract. Like he was ready to buy the property. And that's what he said when he showed up at the house, he said, Hey, listen, we're going to walk through, but I'm, I'm also, I'm ready to buy this property. So then when it came down time, when it came time to sit down, the seller knew that he was ready to buy the property. And, um, I think that was huge. So kudos to Andrew. That's, that's fantastic. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm excited for many more to come for him. Yep. It's awesome. So listen, if you want to be a part of it, if you want to jump in, we have a discount. We're at like 40, 49% off what the normal price is and stuff like that up through, I think the, towards the end of April, the team has got a date. I think it's uh, like a, another week after this comes out. So you can go over to sevenfigureflipping.com slash vault, V-A-U-L-T. So we called it the seven figure vault. You can unlock the vault and get all the secrets. Basically what we did was we franchised uh, all the information. And I use the word franchise just because you know what it is. We're not taking any royalties from anybody or anything like that, or you're paying a fee. Basically it's got everything that we do inside of our business, like our process and procedure that you can use and take inside of your company. So the documents, the talk tracks, the uh, structure of the company, the mindset stuff. Like we go through everything from lead intake to marketing, to sales, to dispositions, um, really good stuff that uh, I think any house flipper or wholesaler could use in their business. Even if you just buy it to fine tune some of the process and procedures and kind of like Andrew, you already know what you're doing a little bit. You just need that confidence that what you're doing is, is the right path. So um, you can go over to sevenfigureflipping.com slash vault and grab. We also have some you don't have to buy them all. You can buy them individually, things like that. So we set it up where it's easy. There's lots of different price points for all of you guys and there should be something there for anybody. So if you're serious about this business, you want to get into it and you want to see what we're doing instead of, you know, coming all in, waiting till October to come into the runway group. Um, we realize that there's people that need something now, need something that's more basic. So there you go. You can just go buy one video, two videos, five videos, 
each series individually or the whole thing together bundled. So sevenfigureflipping.com slash vault. And uh, you guys can check that out. Let us know what you think and then jump into the private Facebook group and, and tell us about it. You can jump in there and look for the picture of pineapples and look at Andrew's post. And uh, who knows, maybe you'd be the next person that's posted in there talking about the big deals that you've done. So uh, hopefully we see you guys in the Facebook group and then at uh, one of our live events. So Chad, thanks for hanging out with me. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you, um, I don't know, in a couple days on the next podcast. See you. You've been listening to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. If you're ready to learn the house flipping and wholesaling strategies that are working right now in today's market, check out sevenfigureflipping.com.